Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts, ideas and stories from some incredible guests to hopefully inspire you to live more adventurously in your everyday lives. So continuing our series for International Women's Day and the sea swimming event that I spoke to Nikki Chisholm about last week, um, I am really delighted today to welcome Amanda Fitzgerald to the show. So Amanda is supporting with the PR for the event, but she is also, and probably more interestingly for you listening to this today, a dedicated and committed sea swimmer. And so that is what we are going to be digging into a little bit further on, on this mini episode today. So Amanda, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure. Pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for the invite. It's lovely to meet you. So I guess we'll 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 dive right in for want of a better pun. I don't know what's going on with me today. Sorry. <laughs> so we'll get started. I would love for you just to share about, I suppose, your relationship with sea swimming. How did you get started? Why have you continued? Um, especially as we sit here sort of in, in January. And I know people are still getting out in the sea. And for a lot of people, that seems utterly mad. So, it is. I yeah. dodged a bullet at the weekend because I was meant to have gone sea swimming and my friend had a hangover, so I didn't need to go. Oh. <laughs> what a relief I, am, I mean a shame yeah <laughs> you know terrible but the thing is this year I'm trying to actually go in skins which for people who don't do dipping skins just means suits is wetsuits and skins is literally just going in a swimming cosy so this year I'm trying to just do swimming costume only so it's quite challenging but very refreshing and uh, exhilarating when you get out of it oh, but you know my relationship with water really started I used to play quite serious lacrosse and sustained the good old injury, the ACL, anterior cruciate ligament that went pop um, back in 1989. I'm 53, so you can do the math, so ages ago. So I had to find another sport. So, you know, which one, which doesn't involve, you know, uh, dodging and running and all that kind of stuff. So I took up rowing. That was great. Then I left Oxford Poly where I was and that I couldn't continue with that. So I took up triathlon. So that is where my first ever wetsuit was purchased um, because I started doing, you know, sprint triathlons. So that's everything is just in one plane. You don't need to do any dodging. You literally swim, you get out, you ride on a bike and then you run for 5K. Because I started doing sprint ones. And so that was, you know, how I first fell in love with swimming, open water swimming. And, um, you know, you say I've got a passion for sea. I also love, I don't know whether I love more swimming in a river. I just, I feel like a fish you know, gliding along. I just love it. So, and going under the water as well. My friends think I'm crazy. I just like go under, you know, and I swim like the man from Atlantis. So um, yeah, I just, I'm passionate about swimming. That's amazing. I was just, I was just thinking of that thing about the difference between sea swimming and river swimming. I always find river swimming sort of I don't know. There's something about the murky water that I just find a little bit less inviting than I'd much rather jump in the waves. But I also, I've, I've seen so many, I mean, I, I don't do much sea um, swimming myself, but having seen lots of pictures of people who do go and, you know, even breaking the ice and that side of things. And there, there is something, I guess, probably more tranquil in some ways. It seems a little bit more still than than perhaps the the sea which i guess is constantly changing as yes well. i know because you've got the waves that you need to be battling against in a river yeah you, you can flow up the up the current or down the current uh and also you know going down to the bottom and you know in the mud in your feet some people think that's disgusting but i think it's lovely because it's all warm <laughs> and squidgy 
<laughs> yeah, maybe it's maybe it's the mud for me that does it. I'm like, I'd much rather touch the sand. <laughs> but so interesting. I mean, I was just wondering how you make that. So, you know, having done a little bit of sort of swimming as part of triathlons and and and, and it's got a very different feel because mainly you're being kicked in the face um, yeah. or trying to avoid it. Yeah. Um, sort of bridging between that type of swimming and then I suppose what I guess many people consider to be a more mindful activity around the sort of the sea, the the water swimming, mm-hmm. sort of cold water swimming. And also that transition, as you said, from from being in a wetsuit, it being a sporting activity that, you know, you need to be the most efficient in to, to being just in your swimming costume. I mean, how did you make that sort of transition? Well, it all came about with um, with lockdown because, you know, we couldn't go to our swimming pools anymore. And I used to, you know, always swim on the in the outside pool at David Lloyd. So that got shut down. So my 50th birthday, my brother and um, his girlfriend gave me, they're both, you know, very sporty. She's a triathlete, GB triathlete. She gave, They gave me a wetsuit. So that literally gave me my wings, my swimming fins or whatever you call it. And so I was literally going in rivers. And what a mindful exercise it is. I mean, I remember going all the way through lockdown with a swimming friend and swimming in a river and then my prize at six o'clock in the morning, whatever, was seeing a jumping fish. You are just so close to nature when you're in the sea or in a river or in a lake. I mean, I just, it's, it stuns me every time. And my brother's actually got a pond in in his garden <laughs> in Sussex. So I go when I go to see him, I go and dip in the pond. And now he's he's got a, like his field, which has got a bit of a forest in it. He's dug out or trenched out a um, a pond, and it's like a nice big place where he now goes down and has his dip. Oh wow! And I joined him over Christmas, and it was like, oh my god, okay, it's fantastic. So it's like going to a retreat whenever I go to his house. That's amazing. So I'd say I've seen lots of people with like those pods in the back garden or like got a friend who jumps in and out of a barrel. That's so cool. So what is it that I suppose that swimming, open water, cold water swimming, whatever you want to call it, what is it that, that you get from it? What makes you keep coming back, even though, like you said, it might be freezing or a bit murky or whatever, you know, all the things that people typically go, actually, why would you want to do that? I mean, what is it for you that is, I guess, the biggest attraction or that keeps you connected with it? Yeah, I mean, I was going through divorce and lockdown and many people said it's brilliant for the mental health. Uh, And I run my own business and it's brilliant for the mental health. It's If you can do something so challenging as going swimming in freezing cold water, you know, or battle against the waves, I think you can do pretty much, you can do anything. So I get out of my comfort zone you know, every time I go swimming, unless it's lovely warm weather. But um, so that's, it's just really important just to keep on going. I also love the camaraderie. So I've got some really great friends, which I've made as a result of going swimming. And one day I'm going to be moving city or moving town to a place near the sea. Hello, Brighton, watch out, I'm going to be coming there. So I know that I'll, you know, instantly have a massive network of people I can, you know, hang out with, meet and all the rest of it. So it's brilliant in terms of meeting new people as well. Amazing. I love that that point. Like you said, the sort of the connectedness with with people around you and how it, you know, I know many people I speak to talks about sort of being part of that community that no matter where you go and, you know, in the UK or even sort of around the world, there's always a sea swimming or a, mm-hmm. a, a, a water swim, open water swimming community that you're sort of instantly part of. Um, and I think that point you made, which really connects to the, the, you know, I guess the foundations of the Everyday Adventure podcast about that thing about how taking yourself out of your comfort zone really 
that's the thing that pushes you to grow or feels that you can cope with things that mm. may also be difficult elsewhere in your life. And you think, oh, actually, if I've, I've managed to do this, yeah, despite all the challenges, exactly that, you know, what else can I do? It, it, it moves or it, it expands your comfort zone, I guess, in so yeah. many ways. No, it's so true. So if somebody's listening to this and they're either thinking, you know, what, I'd love to get started with open water, cold water swimming, or I'm intrigued by this idea of stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit more, but I I don't know how, or I'm scared to get started even. I mean, what, what one piece of advice would you give them? I would say, number one, go for it. But number two, 100%, go and get some swimming outdoors safety lessons, you know, just so you know that you're doing the right things and you're not going to be making mistakes. Like, like for example, the other day when I went swimming, I went in for too long. My friends... They swam on and on and on. I thought, oh my God, I need to get out. I'm freezing. But I thought, otherwise, I'm going to have to sit on the side freezing while they get, while they come out. Anyway, so I got really out of my comfort zone and I could have just thought, do you know what? I'm just going to wait until the summer. But no, I'm going to get back on that horse and carry on. So yeah, so make sure that you go in for the right time, depending upon the temperature. Um, and you just, you just know, need to know some basics around um, open water swimming. But I just wanted to say, as a result of doing all of this open water swimming, this, you know, this my addiction since 2020, I've managed to raise money for a charity in Afghanistan. Uh, it's the um, Afghan Central Asian Association. And I and twice, and I said, never again. And I've said this year. Yeah, I'm going to do it again. Um, swam round Heaver Lake, you know, Heaver Castle. They've got oh, a lake, wow. you have to do two laps of that. So you have to swim 3.8K. Um, so I did that once and I said, yes, I'm never going to do it again. And I raised money for it. I've raised about three and a half grand in total for them. Incredible. And then this year, sorry, last year I did it and I said, no way am I going to ever raise money for them again because it's just too embarrassing. I've already asked the people once, you know, all my friends and family. So I literally set up a fundraising page the day before the event. Then I managed to raise a thousand pounds for them or whatever. And they were just so pleased. And I went to see them um, just before Christmas because the charity founder had just got an MBE from the King. And seeing him and hearing how much £50 goes towards people in Afghanistan for a family to feed them for a whole week, I just thought it's going to be crazy if I don't do a, a charity raise event. So if anybody's got any bright ideas of which event this year to do, I'm all ears. So please let me know. <laughs> oh, amazing. Wow. I think there's there's something about that. Like you said, actually, the motivation coming from something, you know, one of the things I often talk about the podcast is, you know, the, the sort of that idea of that, that sense of purpose or, you know, the additional reason that keeps you going, even when it feels really hard and difficult to do. And, and yeah, and I think there's something really you know, true about that whole point around fundraising as well. I know that people can feel actually, no, I'm, you know, I've asked for this before. I, I feel uncomfortable just keeping on going back to the same thing. I've certainly experienced something like that and being able to push through that and also combine it with something that you love and that motivates you as well. Definitely. We will pop all of those sort of links in the show notes so people can go and find you. If people want to to follow you or find out more about either the work that you do or the, the charity and the fundraising that, that you're involved in, where can they go? Where can they find you? Yeah, just go straight to my website. It's amandapr.com. I've even got a swim page. So it's mandapr.com forward slash swim. So you can see my video, my fundraising videos. And I need to set up a new page. So maybe I need to set up now. And hopefully it might get a few 50 quids by the time it <laughs> actually comes. Definitely. But it was so bad. <laughs> 
definitely. Um, so yeah, like I said, all of those, all those links will, or oh, that link will, will pop into the show notes so people can go and find it and follow you and find out more about what you're doing. It sounds incredible. Amanda, thank you, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a pleasure to, to learn more about you, more about your, your water swimming, open water swimming journey. And yes, look forward to, to seeing you on the event on the 9th of March. I can't wait. Thank you very much for the interview. Oh, such a pleasure. Speak to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye.